Hello, and welcome to the Market Bull Podcast. Please note, topics and stocks discussed in this podcast are not financial or investment advice. On today's episode, I spoke with Matthew Lamont, the Managing Director at Doug Tech. Doug Tech is a technology company at the forefront of high-performance computing, HPC, with a strong foundation in applied physics. Matt discussed what HPC is and how it is utilised today by companies across the globe, from oil and gas to the medical profession and space exploration, to name a few. We talked about the importance of having high-level security measures in place for companies and broke down what the cloud truly is. It's a fascinating discussion on what high-performance computing can really do. I hope you enjoy listening. So hello and welcome to the Market Bull Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Costridge, and today on the show, I'm joined by Matthew Lamont, the Managing Director at Doug. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, Ben. Nice to be here. So just explain for people that have no idea what Doug is, what are you guys all about? So um, really, we're, we're physics-based, physics-maths, and, um, and all the tools that go along with, um, you know, uh, processing large data sets for both ourselves, our clients, and for and for others. But when you look at us in every in the endeavour, we're across multiple industries, but it's always about you know big data, <clears throat> crunching numbers, visualising data, and so forth. So as part of that, we've got software in thirty six countries. We let people come onto our big high performance computers, and we also do services, which is basically just using the software and computers to to do projects for our clients. And the whole, I mean, 36 countries is, is massive. And I know the, the interesting story about how it started 20 years ago. Now, do you want to give a bit of insight into that whole project that how it began with your partner? Yeah. So I was, um, wanting to start a company and, uh, thought there was an opportunity here. I just moved back from America and, um, so I did so, and I had a a student at the time at Curtin Uni and, uh, I talked to him in coming and joining me, Troy, he's still with us. And, uh, yeah, we started up, but for the first couple of years, we just wrote software and then until we finally had something that we could start to offer services with. And, and we did that out of my shed in, uh, just down the road here in Perth. Yeah. I think the shed was the thing that captured me because it sounded like another sort of up and coming tech company, like all the big ones that everyone knows, Adobe, you know, Apple, all these companies that started in the garage. And I was like, oh, it's a WA one that's gone down the same sort of route. But when we're talking about. Doug and some of the, the, the services that are provided. I know one of the big one is high or high speed computing power. How would you describe what that actually means to someone that has no idea what high speed computing power is? So, um, when you do high performance computing, it's, it's about being able to do a single job, a very large job on a, on a big set of machines, if you like, is one way to think of it. So it's not, it's not so much about the hardware. It is about hardware. You've got to have the hardware, but it's about all the software layers and it's about the interconnect, the connection uh, between the machines, which has to be very low latency. It's about storage. So it's about being able to get, you know, gigabytes, you know, hundred gigs of data a second across this machine and back off this machine constantly for, you know, weeks and months on end and have it processing that data. And that takes a lot of, a lot of know-how, a lot of software layers. Um, and a lot of design on the machine. And then underneath that, of course, is the actual computers themselves. But it's a, it's a bunch of machines behaving as one and being reliable. So they're up 365 by 24. 
And that's the the biggest importance is, yeah, reliability and low latency because, yeah, the power and the, the machines, what they're sort of processing is, is huge data sets. Do you have a bit of insight into what sort of data sets that you sort of work on or what are some of the, the real life applications for, for this sort of service? Um, so most of our computers used on processing seismic data. Um, so, you know, those data sets can be, can be very large and, um, you know, up to the petabyte type size, but, um, and jobs, single jobs can take one or two months. So we had, a, we had a client come in, run a single job on 6,000 machines. So 6,000 machines, 72 cores per machine. Um, and they ran for about 45 days. So that would be a very large job for us. Single job running for 45 days over, over 6,000 machines that was using our code. Um, in, in the non oil and gas space, um, the square kilometer array people. So the astrophysicists come on, um, and there our offering is slightly different because they'll have their own codes. So for example, we, we invited somebody on, they came and ran, a professor came and ran on the machine. We actually killed the code they were running because it wasn't running very efficiently. We said, can we work on your code? We worked on the code for two weeks and made it go 125 times faster. So that's that sort of skill set we have where we, we just know numerics, we know big compute and we know how to we run codes. And it's a really unique selling point in that if you're a professor sitting at a university and you're a, a physicist, an astrophysicist, a neurologist or geneticist or whatever you are, you're not going to have high performance computing skills. You're probably a fantastic scientist. You know exactly what problem you're trying to solve, but you're going to need help to get that onto a high performance computer. And we're very uniquely positioned to give people that help. And then when people come in and you're trying to discuss what sort of needs that they need and, and how you can sort that for them. How do you go about, I guess, answering the questions for, for clients that come in? Well, the best way is just to get them on the machine because the, the, they, and just help them, you know, just get them to run a little job like we did with the astrophysics example. And then they, they see the machine, they see the environment, they get comfortable very quickly. If they're used to running on high performance computing, they'll get comfortable in about five seconds because it'll have everything they expect and everything will work and everything's perfect. Um, if they, um, are new, they'll, they'll be delighted because they'll be used to running on something that's nowhere near as well set up. And that way we see what they're doing and they, they, they come on board. Yeah. Okay. And you're operating all across the world. You've got offices in Australia, US, Malaysia, and I think London as well. Um, what, what sort of sectors primarily, uh, are sort of inquiring with you and what are some of the, I guess, really breakthrough case studies that you've been working on? Cause I saw some fascinating ones about, yeah, the, the space and then there's, there's bushfires and there's medical, uh, just for people like, how much do we actually really use this sort of services without completely understanding what they really do for, you know, myself, a non-geeky person. Yeah, it's, it's high performance computing is basically in any scientific endeavor. Now it's needed. Um, and it's a unique offering from us because the normal cloud vendors, um, don't offer that and it's quite different and there's security issues and all sorts of stuff. Um, some of the interesting stuff, you know, most of our revenue still comes from oil and gas processing seismic data. Um, but, um, some of the interesting stuff is the astrophysics, the genetics. So if you're doing genome sequencing, you're using high performance computing, um, any sort of bioinformatics work. Um, so we've signed up all the bioinformatic institutes, you know, um, they'll, they'll be running on our machines. Um, anything to do with climate modeling, you know, every time you watch the news at night and you see the uh, weather forecast, 
Well, that's coming off a massive high performance computing simulation. So we do a lot of climate modeling and simulation and that, that sort of work takes very large machines and it can be done, you know, you can, you can model 50 years front uh, ahead of us, or you can model 24 hours in great detail. And, and so it's all very interesting work and that sort of ties in with the fire, you know, the fire prediction work. Um, uh, we've got Austal on board and so they look at designing hulls. So, you know, if you go back to the 1800s or the 1900s, you would have had an idea for a new hull design for a ship and you'd build it and you'd take it out for sea trials and then you come back and maybe you modify it or maybe you build a new one. You take that out for sea trials. You don't do that anymore. You design that, um, hull numerically, and then you do a simulation on a high performance computer. So, um, designing molecules, if you're designing new molecules, that's all high performance computing. If you just, anything you can think of basically will, will involve high performance computing. Cause I feel it's, it's something that a lot of people and potentially listeners would be like, oh, just hands up. They don't really quite understand any of the inner workings of it. And, and you mentioned the cloud before, which I know in particular, I'm sort of more focusing on it and studying. Um, when you were mentioning there before about them, big cloud providers, not being able to handle those sorts of loads, um, and, and Doug being able to, what have been the sort of, why, why is that? So they're, they're, um, they provide fantastic service for business apps more. Yeah. That's their primary thing is for streaming things. Yeah. Um, and so for more, for, you know, single machine or part of a machine. So, you, you know, we have our business apps in, in the cloud, um, yeah. we'll, that, but that predates us actually doing a cloud, but there's no reason to shift it. That's a great service. But when you come to wanting to use multiple machines, number one, you get charged, you have to. The, the standard cloud won't do it because they don't have the interconnect between machines. Um, having virtual machines is not great for doing high maths, physics, numerical workloads. So you want to be on bare metal. So no virtual machines. You want to make sure you've got the whole machine. You're not sharing the machine. You've got to have great interconnect. You've got to have lightning fast storage. So if you come to us, right, all the software layers and the security and how you use, how your people come on board and everything is provided besides all the support for code. If an IT department takes <clears throat> their company to a cloud, they've got to set up queuing systems, mm. they've got up all the security, they've got to manage all their users. They've got to, they've got to put in all that infrastructure and we haven't even started on, they've got to have a conversation with the cloud about what they actually want that machine to look like. And they'll pay a fortune to get yeah. the internet and everything put in place if indeed they are. So oftentimes IT groups like to do that because they like to keep everything together in one place, but then they'll, the users will have a dreadful time. And often they ultimately come back to us for the high performance computing component. And more and more, they come back to us for everything because we have our bare metal machines, which are better for security these days as well. And one of the other things, and this is probably more particular, potentially your focus is the seismic processing. How, how is that being sort of applied and, and why did you decide that was an important factor for, for Doug to focus on? Ah, uh, well, that's where we come from. That's my history. Um, so my history is in the oil industry. So that was our focus, um, and ideas I had when, when we started the company. Um, and you know, traditionally over the last 50 years, the oil and gas seismic processing imaging is the largest user of HPC in the world. Um, it's only in the last 10 years or so that it, that's changed. Um, and so it's a, it's a really great area to work as a scientist because you've got really big problems. There's money available to solve those problems. 
and uh, and you you do real life science and solving fantastic helping companies determine where to drill wells um, in the world. And there's a big environmental challenge to that as well, which is really nice as well. Okay. Yeah. I, I sort of had that assumption uh, based on, on your background in particular, that that was sort of, yeah, hand in hand with, with what you'd previously done. And that was the, the focus direction for Doug. And you mentioned before the, the security side of things, and I think it's more prevalent nowadays. Security is almost at the forefront of everyone's mind in regards to, yeah, storing information. Um, and yeah, there's all these cases, you know, the, the Medibank in Australia where, you know, things were you know, hacked really. Um, wh when you're talking about security, what sort of processes is Doug doing to, to sort of, I guess, guarantee or, or, you know, keep things safe? So yeah, we have a chief security officer. We have, um, an IT security team. So we're, um, big time on it. Um, and we, you know, we've got ISO standards and so forth, but the, the thing about the high performance computing and the way we're doing it is that we're providing the security. That's a big difference between us and the cloud. If, mm. if you go to the cloud, you get, you get a virtual machine that has no security on it. The back end is very secure, right? But the front end, which is the client facing bit has no security. And then you layer that up or put it on yourself. Yeah. Where you come onto the Doug machine that is there, that is provided and is exceedingly important. The other thing is that we're all bare metal, no virtual machines. So there's a bunch of worms and bugs that work around jumping between virtual machines. So if you, if each client has one machine in its entirety, then they're, they're more secure. But yeah, we've, we put a lot of effort, a lot of money into the security. It's, um, important. And as we're moving into national security and space, it's become even more, even more secure. So you would have seen, we got ISO 27001 and we're very close to getting disk accreditation. And Jubai, just, just for listeners that don't know what those accreditations are, what, what are the, the standards and, and what do they actually really mean? Uh, they're, they're protocols, they're security protocols and process and procedures and, and DISP is for, um, defense industry security protocol. So it's about getting audited. It's about having everything in place so that you are very secure and you're up to date. And there's some of the, the, the top tier, um, qualities that you can achieve as well, from my understanding. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're vital. Yeah. yeah. And for, for those, cause I know there's still, you know, the usage of the cloud, how would you best describe that? Because I know you speak to anyone and you know, a lot of people have struggled understanding what the cloud even means, um, for, for everyday people, how would you just in simple terms, describe that for someone? Remote compute. Yeah. Remote compute and storage. That's all it is. It's a, it's a computer room somewhere else. Yeah. And somebody else. Um, that's it. That's all. That's all it means. Yeah. Cause I'm noticing more and more now these days, people have this sort of almost understanding that, oh, because I've got my phone in my hand, that makes it secure. And really that's, that's not necessarily the case these days or just any device. And it's sort of trying to break that, that stigma that, oh, because it's in the cloud or it's, yeah, it's, it's remote and it can be accessed from anywhere. It's therefore, you know, not as secure as having it in your own possession. I think that's something that people's mindsets need to shift in particular. Um, and from the sound of it, yeah, Doug with the front and back end sort of security, it sort of highlights the, the, the importance of it. Um, and we're just seeing more and more effort being put into, to security and that leads itself. And I'm not sure if you've sort of well, uh, sort of looking at web three and, and the blockchain side of things, which we don't really need to touch on today, but I definitely know that that's becoming a more and more important sort of way in, in verifying people's, um, identification and, and all that. Um, is that something that 
in the future Doug is potentially looking at doing as well or potentially already incorporating? So, so a couple of things to pick up on what you said there, Ben. Um, I agree completely. Um, security done by an organization will beat security done by a consultant or an individual or a small team by a company every day of the week. Mm. You just, just picture a Google mail, for example, or some big mail service. They've got a whole team. They've got billions of emails coming in every day. And so, and they've got a whole team focused on security. It's like us. We've got a whole team focused on security on this machine daily, constantly monitoring everything 24 hours a day. It's going mm. to be individual and any, anything constantly. So, so if you want to be secure, get it to a service. Yep. Um, so I agree with that point very much. Um, what else did you say? Um, the web three and blockchain side of things. Yeah, we, we've done blockchain work. I mean, that's part and parcel of, you know, where we are. We've done a lot of AI work, which sort of leads into that a little bit. Um, you know, the first program that I wrote with Troy, the first idea I had was a probabilistic machine learning, um, lithology fluid prediction program, which was the first of its kind, um, in the world, uh, still being used. And, um, so AI, machine learning, blockchain. We do a lot of crypto mining on any spare cycles we have, um, is, and we wrote all those algorithms. So that's all, it's all part and parcel of numerics, right? It's all part of what we do. Mm. Okay. Okay. And when we're thinking about sort of going back to, to Doug's priorities and you, again, primarily oil and gas, but there's a whole host of other aspects in the sort of next 12 months in particular is we're sort of, yeah, AI in particular is really becoming the, the talk of the town. What is sort of Doug's primary focus for the next sort of six to 12 months in regards to yeah, upscaling and, and doing more? So, so we provide, you know, one of the big things we do around AI, we do a lot of AI. We've got a lot yeah. of AI and all our own codes have got, are underpinned with AI. Um, but um, where, where we, where I see a niche for us in AI, where well, it's not a niche, it's a is that people are getting bigger data sets and they're wanting to train on bigger data sets and they're wanting to deal with bigger volumes of data constantly streaming in and so forth, right? And what you find is there's a lot of people doing consultants and, and individuals and groups and companies doing work on where they work on a single machine. And that works really well, but it doesn't scale. I think, I think that where we come in is when you want to go from running on a single machine to running on multiple machines. So how do you get that AI algorithm and libraries to run on a, on a, on a big high performance computer, right? So how do you scale what you're doing and, yeah. and, and, and how do you make it real time? And that's where we come in, making things real time, making things scale. Okay. And then are there any sort of big projects in the works at Doug for the next sort of 12 months? Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. When, I would encourage listeners to think of Doug as it's almost two companies. Um, you've got the oil and gas and the seismic processing and imaging and the software company, yeah. which is, which is almost 20 years old. Um, no, it is 20 years old now. Yeah. 2003 to 2023. Yeah. We're 20 years old now. Yeah. <laughs> it was late 2003. So we, we've, um, we got a bit of time. So, um, that, that business is 20 years old and, and then the non-oil and gas, so HPC and all the services we're providing. Is more like a startup. Um, mm. so it is two or three years old now, but it's during COVID. So it was sort of a yeah. slow, but it's, it's got a lot of milestones that we've done. The revenue is not high yet, but we've got, you know, all the universities, CSIRO and, and on and on and on, all the bioinformatics institutes and so forth are all on the machines. So now we're, 
We've learned a lot about what we're doing. We've done an enormous amount of work with national security and space, although we have no revenue from there. And there's some really exciting projects about to kick off. And I, uh, I can't preempt what, what they're going to be just yet. Yeah, that's, that's completely fine. I can understand. It's more of the watch this space, uh, in, in big terms and metaphorically, um, which is <laughs> very, very exciting, um, for the company. Um, and I know you're sort of, you're juggling all around the world. Have you noticed that different areas around the world require different things, um, more intently than others? So comparing USA to, to Malaysia or Australia, or is it all sort of similar data sets, um, that you're dealing with? Um, it's, it's, you have, so each office, you know, where the, where we process data depends on where the client wants it. Yeah. So yes, London will process more data from the North sea and from its surrounds, but it'll mm. also process data from the other side of the world because the client just happens to sit in London and likewise in Houston, we do a lot of middle East work in, in Houston. Um, and so each, the seismic data from each region of the world has its own problems and its own, um, its own challenges and whether it's land and marine and whether it's middle East and where, yeah, they're all different and, um, mm. and that's the skills you build up. Yep. And when you're looking at the sort of energy side of it, because I know there's the big talking point that these sort of high computing or high performance computing machines take a lot of energy, um, cool. and, and resources as well. Um, what, what sort of focuses have Doug got to try and I guess, reduce the energy considerations if at all possible, um, is it considering, you know, renewable energies or solar or, or, you know, these sorts of forms as well to help sort of, um, yeah, get that the energy powering, um, for these machines. So the first thing that we've done is we run the, the greenest high performance computer. So high performance computing uses a great deal of power, Yeah, you know, high performance computers. So not the cloud compute, but the high performance computers only in America use more power than the UK does in total. Yeah. You're talking huge power usage. Um, we invented, um, a version of immersion, cool, immersion cooling. Um, you can't patent immersion cooling itself. It was patented by Seymour Cray back in 74, I think, but the version we run, which is a very simple, very clean, very beautiful version, we patented. And so we save 51% of the power bill and we build all our own computer gear. So that makes us very, very green. And then it's of course, how efficient can you get your computer algorithms, which we're very good at as well. So that's on that side. And then what we're working on is we also buy green power to power them. So we're very focused on, on green power. And we've talked in the past about a, a Geraldton project and, um, you know, where, where, and the reason Geraldton is a couple of reasons. Um, you know, it is a, it is a national focus. It's a big security, national security area, uh, up on that coastline. It is where the water, the data comes off SKA, um, out in the desert comes into Geraldton, then, um, streams down, but it's also a renewable, the best renewables area in, on the planet. You know, it's, um, for all bar, I think it's four hours a day. You either have wind or solar. Um, it's quite an amazing place. So, um, we, we are very much focused on how are we going to provide green energy and how are we going to provide backup power from green energy sources as well. And just to describe, uh, these machines to listeners, cause I've seen a few images, which looks really cool, but a lot of them are submerged in water. Is that correct? Or surrounded by, is that the cooling process oh. that you were talking about? Sorry. Submerged in oil. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. And the oil, the oil itself is a very interesting oil. It's, uh, biodegradable in the environment. So it's completely environmentally friendly. It's uh, food grade. So it's not poisonous. In fact, our old CIO drank a glass to demonstrate this for everybody. 
and I'm not sure what happened to his bowel movements, but he's still alive. And, mm. uh, and it's also not flammable. It, it's flashpoint is about 500 degrees Celsius. So we've, so it, it's an amazingly safe and effective me, uh, medium. So, and we've been doing a lot of work. So Exxon and Shell use our facility in Houston to do the research, the testing for their research on all the new immersion, computing immersion fluids. So, um, so that's very exciting as well. Yeah, it's fascinating. I think, uh, for many people, as soon as you start saying, yeah, high performance computing and cloud, a lot of people just in a way, it sounds very, very, um, intense and, and quite a lot to process. So I think you've done a really good job in, in helping explain a, a lot of that. And, and I know you're a busy man, so I thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. And I think there's so much more in this topic that I'll need to chat with you in the future. So hopefully you want to come back and speak with me. Um, but in the meantime, if people want to learn more about Doug, where can they go and, and what can they find out? Yeah, I'd start at our web, at our webpage you know, and, um, and send in questions, any questions you have, you know, we're always open. And if you, if you drop by the office here, we can, you can have a squeeze at the tanks. If you're, if you're curious, there's a big glass window. So, um, yeah. And, and yeah, thank you, Ben, and look forward to chatting again. And thank you listeners. No worries. Well, gonna say, I know I've seen you all on the socials as well. So look for Doug on the socials, but yeah, thank you so much for Matt, for taking the time to speak with me today. And I'll speak with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Market Bull Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to like and subscribe. You can follow the Market Bull on our socials at Twitter and LinkedIn by searching the Market Bull. You can also subscribe to our newsletter on the website by visiting www.themarketbull.com.au.